you're going to think less of Grogu? I don't know. Yaddle looked okay. <laughs> I think Yoda's just ugly. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Shaq-Fu asks, who saved Grogu from the Jedi Temple, and could they be an antagonist? Shaq-Fu did specifically ask, will they be an antagonist? But I figured with the trailer coming out, and it does seem like we're going to see more of Grogu's Order 66 experience. Uh, yeah, we can't escape that. I'm okay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah, we're, it's, we're just going to keep coming back forever. Um, but it does seem like, you know, they kind of put those breadcrumbs down in season two that someone saved him from the Jedi Temple or took him. I think the words used are someone took him from the Jedi Temple. Mm. So is it going to be a Jedi swooping in and uh, pulling him out of harm's way or not? I don't know. <laughs> it's this is so hard for me to The answer is good. It's fine because you know he is okay eventually. Well, like <laughs> Yeah. But it's hard for me to even think of like who it might be because I don't want to get too focused on a cameo. So, in my mind it's going to be someone we don't really know, like a random Jedi or Barisafi. Yeah, that that was a popular theory after the book of Boba Fett because she can redeem herself. Right. Well, on the walls, on the doorways, there was an insignia that is associated with Barris, but we don't know for sure. Like, I wouldn't say that is Barris Offie's room, definitely 100%. Or it might be. They might be trying to tease us. Um, I I'm not fully convinced, but I, I do think it makes some sense for it to be Barris, even if she's not redeemed yet, if she is, like helping capture grogu because mm. uh, we do know that like the grand inquisitor well I, we don't know this for sure but henry gilroy who wrote on the clone wars and star wars rebels basically said that their idea was you know we don't see any jedi temple guards during order 66 at the temple because the grand inquisitor was one and he killed them all like when the time came he was activated as well and uh took out the temple guards so it's possible that if Barris is going to be an Inquisitor or something, that she would be active right then. Like her cell door could open and someone would be like, oh, go get him. That, you make a good point about it, it could not be someone saving him. It could just be someone taking him away. And what if it's the Grand Inquisitor? <laughs> we already have him uh, in Obi-Wan. We don't know what he looks like. That's true, too. And a theory that we threw around and multiple people have thrown around online is that what if Grogu is taken to Mount Tantus or something? Straight there, yeah. And like we've kind of joked about, or people have said, what what if the Bad Batch saves him from the Jedi Temple? But well, we know that's not possible. But they could save him from Mount Tantus if he's there. Yeah. And mm -hmm. originally I was like, don't put Grogu in the Bad Batch. But I feel like they've done enough building to Mount Tantus and stuff that now they could do it. Yeah. That I, I would be okay with it. They they took their time with it, and it wasn't just like a throw him in the first season kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to think that Anakin is behind that door, Vader, Anakin slash Vader, and he gets into that room, and he's slaughtering everybody, but he sees Grogu, and he's like, you know what? I can't do it. He's I, like, oh, this is a mistake. What uh, am I doing? Take him. Take him to the thing for the experiments. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, being uh, one of Yoda's species, and we know that Yoda, uh, or Yaddle is gone now, so 
there there are limited options if Palpatine was like, I want one of them to do experiments on. It's like I Grogu's want the that baby. Yeah, I would like to see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that there is some sense that they might have like a, a list of Jedi to like, don't kill them. We want them. Um, not to mention Palpatine tried to collect force sensitive babies before. And yeah, he would have been like 30 at that point, but mm-hmm. still, still probably young enough. It's just a baby. I also think Barris has some potential because of the Ahsoka series. What if they introduce her in Mando season three and then we see her again in Ahsoka? Yeah, it's possible. You know, Filoni has talked about how he's kind of saving Barris in his back pocket for something. So he could have put that symbol in there for a hint to just be Dave and be like, <laughs> be all Dave about is it, it Barris? I don't know. <laughs> I should point out that like, I think he said that once in an interview years and years and years ago. He's like, I still have story ideas for Barris. So I, I don't want to pretend that he is every few months like, no. oh, teasing something about Barris. Um, but I, I do think that he always has that stuff in the back of his mind and he's like, Hey, maybe it's time for Barris to finally come back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he could be talking about an idea for something like Tales of the Jedi f- for Barris. Oh, also another point I wanted to make about potentially it being an antagonist and not a hero saving Grogu, but just capturing Grogu is that Ahsoka in that scene in season two says that he was taken from the Jedi temple and then there's just darkness in his mind. So mm. I don't think he, like, he kind of had to re-access those memories about Order 66, all that trauma. So I don't think that if he had happy memories from Order 66 beyond, that it would be all blacked out. Yeah, he was probably drugged and knocked out and then woke up elsewhere. What if... What if they did something to him that's like the opposite of what the clones have, where they age super fast? What if they have made Grogu so that he just never ages and he's a baby forever? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, even in the time that we've seen him in the show since the first episode, you can tell he's changed a little bit. I thought you would be excited at the prospect that he would never grow up. Yoda's species already lasts a long time. But when he turns into a teenager, are you going to... You're going to think less of Grogu? I don't know. Yaddo looked okay. I think Yoda's just ugly. Maybe it's just because you're ugly. Ugly. Oh, no. <laughs> He's kind of cute in a, in his old 900-year-old sort of way. Maybe they go from really cute to really old and ugly just like, like within a boom. span of a year. I think we've joked about that, that puberty hits them so hard. Yeah. <laughs> David Tonner wants to know if Navarro could join the New Republic and could Grief Karga become its senator? You know, I kind of like that as a little character arc for him. I mean, he could be wearing senator robes in that scene. They're they're fancy robes. It's a fun thing to explore. The way that Navarro is changing every season, it's getting better and better. Like more and more people are coming and Grief was so proud of the changes that they made in season two. It looks like he is continuing to run this place if he's the mayor of navarro or what i don't know Mm -hmm. but he seems really proud of the the place that he lives now and i think it would be an interesting arc to start 
where he is kind of laughing about the New Republic. It's like, ah, if you are upset about the credits I have, take it up with the New Republic. And he and Mando are like, meh, yeah, they're not going to do anything. So if he learns to kind of have faith in this new leadership and he gets to be a voice for his people in the government, I can see that. Yeah. He could also just... Like you said, something like a mayor, he could be more into the idea of local government. He doesn't want to get, I'm not brave enough for politics kind of thing. <laughs> not not galactic politics. Yeah, yeah. He wants to just stick around and, and be in charge and it, be admired. It'd be fun if we had like re-elect Grief Karga little posters around Navarro in season three. Yeah, that... but the idea of him having to go to Coruscant might not be something that he wants to do, but... You know, we we see Coruscant in the trailer, so someone's going there at some point. Well, he's just another character that's been affected by Grogu. That when we meet him, he's the head of the Bounty Hunters Guild, and he's selfish, and he is going to kill Din and steal the baby so that he can get control of Navarro back from the Imperials. But the baby saves his life, and then he changes his way. Yeah, impresses him with his magic hand, and then Grief Karga changes his way, and now he is like happy to be a community leader and not the the leader of the bounty hunters guild for that little sector so already he has a nice arc it's just it's interesting that we only check in on him every four episodes or so yeah i mean this whole season i think is gonna be about everyone kind of settling into their leadership roles Mm, and i think grief karga is definitely gonna be one of those Roles. I think that's great speculation that I hadn't really considered. But yeah, that Grief is becoming more of a leader. Din is becoming more of a leader. Bo-Katan was a leader, might have to learn to become more of a follower. But yeah, just leadership as a theme. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that's a great point. And Grogu can lead the world to happiness. <laughs> he already is. Chelsea Stedry asks if we would like to see an adaptation of Fallen Order similar to The Last of Us. Hell yeah. Really? Why wouldn't we? I... Was kind of thinking no. I was leaning towards no. You're so stuffy. <laughs> well, I, I think that there are differences when you're ed- adapting The Last of Us and you're adapting something from Star Wars, anything from Star Wars. I think it's going to cause more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> mm, I, that's possible. You know, I I like the idea of this, but I want to see what the story of the sequel game is before I 100% say yes to this idea. Because you do need a good a good enough backbone of a story to carry a show. A game, it's like a lot of killing animals and fighting and, <laughs> and going on these little side quests. So like that wouldn't make for an entertaining show. But d- depending on where the story goes. It, and... it is something that I think Fallen Order has one of my favorite Star Wars stories ever. I I really, really enjoyed it. It was such a good mix of new and familiar and seeing familiar stuff in a new way. I I love the story. And we get to see Order 66 again. Again, yeah, that's a big selling point. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And we could go back to uh, the Inquisitorious place. Yeah, which they they already already made that, so why not? It it lives in the volume now. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I would... I would welcome it, obviously. I love the story, but we've talked about this before, is that even when adaptations have already happened in Star Wars, uh, people get 
all worried about it. Like, what What do you mean? Uh, not me. I mean, you're, it, well, I think you're worrying about the idea of a Fallen Order one. I, not really. Like, I think that I would be able to accept the canon version. Like, you know, you have the game and then you have player input and stuff. Kind of the way that Knights of the Old Republic, there are many different ways that you can play that story. But there is a canon version of it that's legends now but th there was kind of a this is the lore version mm -hmm. and they could do that for fallen order um but it doesn't have as many choices and you know i there'd probably be scenes that if they didn't include it i'd be bummed what do you have the but, pink poncho right exactly for example what cosmetics do we include <laughs> and what don't we is there a, a whole episode where he's fighting ogdo bogdo <laughs> i i doubt it but <laughs> i just i don't really think that's in the cards in the first place. The Last of Us is one of the most widely celebrated games of all time. A lot more people knew what it was in the first place. I'm pr probably not like everyone, but I think that was an easier sell than Fallen Order, where I still come across Star Wars fans that haven't played it or don't know what it is or just kind of vaguely know it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that the more likely scenario is we'll finish the Star Wars Jedi story and then I hope I do hope Cal gets to come into live action, bring Cameron Monaghan in. I'd love that. Yeah, give him a cameo somewhere. Uh, now that I think about it, I feel like Naughty Dog, not that they created these games to eventually become movies or TV shows, but I think they have that in their minds somewhere when they're creating something like The Last of Us or Uncharted. They're making these hugely like cinematic games that have like really intricate storylines and interesting characters. So maybe that's something that they think about when they're creating the game is like, would we want this adapted into a movie at some point? I mean, I think you're hitting the nail on the head when you just say that they're very cinematic games. They're very story driven. And so I don't necessarily think they were going one day Uncharted will be a movie, um, but they're just trying to make a, a playable movie in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have described their games that way. And that I feel like Fallen Order is that. It's got great cutscenes, a great story, great characters. So th there is a part of me that would be interested in it. Uh, but then the, the part of me that treasures that game and the experience I had with it, I, I don't know how the adaptation would go. You don't want to see people hate on the potential show or movie. Maybe, especially over minor details, like I, just people freaking out over Obi-Wan having a mullet or not in Tales of the Jedi, <laughs> just, I, I feel like Star Wars fans are going to really pick apart adaptations more than The Last of Us, where The Last of Us has two games and some DLC and like a little more here or there, but it's not this huge connected universe. Like a Last of Us adaptation, I think is just more easily, uh, people will get excited about it more easily mm -hmm. because there's, they're like, as long as you stick to the spirit of the game and the story, we're happy. And so far they're doing a great job. I did choose this question partially to be like, the last of us is amazing so far. Can't wait for the next episode. Eli is do or do not seven wants to know if we could see a season of the bad batch where Omega is a more rebellious teen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're kind of headed in that direction. I don't know how old she is at this point. Uh, I was going to say, Eli does point out that there could be some foreshadowing in the first two episodes when she goes off on her own mm -hmm. to recollect the treasure. 
that that could be like her starting to be a little more independent. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot more episodes to cover in this season, and I certainly think there's potential for a third season, so maybe. She she might be in her early teens now. She's probably like 11, maybe 12. That'd be my guess for her age, so... Yeah. If we let's get it, let's get her to thirteen and and see what that looks like. And there was a, a time jump in between seasons one and two. According to a press release, it was a couple months. It just, just months have passed, so not years or anything. But she definitely looks older. Some time has passed. So if we get a season three, then yeah, like she'll probably be in her teens, and it would be interesting to see her kind of not turn against all of her clone dads, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like push back against them a little bit more yeah does she have the accelerated aging no i mean she would be (laughs) she would be right their height (laughs) otherwise so yeah she's gonna age age normally um yeah i don't know because like one of the core messages of bad batch so far is like how they're teaching each other different things as a family and like they're kind of her space dads and like that will continue to be the case when she gets a little older but i don't know how that would translate for this show if she gets too old yeah i i don't know how far they're gonna get through her life in this series how many seasons it will be but like we did do a bit of a rebellious stage for Ezra when he got the Sith holocron. I wish they'd done more with it, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that's kind of what that was meant to represent. So I think his, it would be cut his hair. Yeah, I like, look cool now. I'm gonna be friends with Maul. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> fall in with the wrong crowd. But I, I think that there is some good storytelling potential to introduce. It'll make me sad. Like I don't like episodes of shows where friends are in conflict uh the early episodes of season seven of parks and recreation uh those give me anxiety when <laughs> leslie and ron, leslie are, and ron are yeah fighting. when they're uh not friends but then when they become friends again like it's one of my favorite episodes because of that conflict so mm-hmm. there's there's pros and cons <laughs> chase hauser asks how we felt about willow and its similar themes and character dynamics to the sequel trilogy I'll let you start on this one. Hi, Chase. Um, I loved Willow. I didn't, I had to catch up on it. I was like behind it for the whole time that it was out during like all the holidays and stuff, but I really liked it. And yeah, it definitely feels Star Wars-y to me. There's... For, yeah, the themes, yeah. Yeah, there's, obviously there's found family. You've got this like group of scrappy kids that all, you know, come together and but i got a lot of like ray and luke relationship vibes throughout the series oh the very first episode is the force awakens where they're like we need to go find willow yeah uh and then he is training alora throughout i really liked wick uh i almost called him wicket (laughs) (laughs) i really liked willow's fear of like was my one big achievement from the willow movie is that all I'm ever going to be? And can I repeat that? And also, that was kind of a fluke. So, like, am I great? Am I not? I, I thought that was a good setup for his character. Uh, overall, I would say I-, I enjoyed Willow. I got, or we both got the screeners, and I saw the first seven episodes early. Molly watched, like, the first three. Um, 
so I watched them all like in December and then waited until the finale. And I did want to watch the finale. I was looking forward to that. I enjoyed rewatching it with you as we've caught back up. So it kept my interest, um, but I, I did not love it as much as Molly did. Yeah. Well, I like the way that like Willow, they show how Willow has taken his people, his village underground. Like he is basically Luke going to Octo mm. and hiding away because he's scared that he can't live up to his potential. And that's that's Luke. That's Luke on Octo. Yeah. And he has become like this, I forget what they call him, not the Sorcerer Supreme, but the High Aldwin. That's his yeah. title. And people look to him for leadership. And he, yeah, he is scared. So the root of his darkness being fear and really that going throughout uh, I, I liked a lot of the lessons that he taught Alora about accepting all of your past and using it to move forward. Um, Borman was great. He was probably my favorite part of the series. Uh, Ken He's, from Force Center said he belongs in Star Wars as a scoundrel. I would love that. He would get along great with Han Solo. Han Solo, Hondo Onaka, like any of them. Yeah. I, I, that Just take that character, plop him in Star Wars. Mm. But I... I I really thought he was great. I liked Graydon a lot as well. I enjoyed the characters. I think there was just some stuff about the execution where it would be a little too modern for my taste. Yeah. And I would just be like, huh. (laughs) I got a lot of Ray vibes from Alora, even with like she had the arm coverings and everything. Yeah. Like visually, that made me think of Ray. But for me, it was like giving me different vibes of different storylines in Star Wars with different characters. So like the love story between Han and Leia was kind of between Kit and Jade. Like yeah. that was that was who you were rooting for the whole time. So I liked that. I liked that Kit had the uh the great grandmother, not great grandmother, just her grandmother was like this terrible terrible force of evil and ray realizing that's true that she's a palpatine so like that connects <laughs> there's a lot of connections that are going on but with different characters yeah that remind me of star wars i do appreciate that it it was just a fun light-hearted fantasy where a lot of fantasy lately has been very heavy and that's great that that's that's an option out there. I liked Game of Thrones. I'm enjoying House of the Dragon. Uh, Rings of Power is kind of in between the lighthearted and also very serious. Mm-hmm. But this is just like young adult, lighthearted. I don't mean that as an insult. Like Star Wars is young adult. So, yeah. Well, your initial review video that you made, like t- telling Star Wars fans how they might react to Willow, you brought up Lord of the Rings and how... So many people watched Lord of the Rings not knowing the lore behind it, not having read the books, and still loved it, like me. Mm -hmm. So I like that Willow is a show that you can watch, and the lore is is a little confusing. Like, they don't even seem to really understand (laughs) it, but I like that because you don't have to understand every bit of the background lore to enjoy it. There is that. There's something to be said about watching a show and that's really you have to have seen a movie not really have to have i recommend you see the movie first but you just get to watch it and everything you need to know is from that other two hours and it's not like 
you feel like you're missing out if you haven't read all these comics and books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they do tease that there might be more seasons. Uh, they, there's been no announcement yet, but that there is potentially more story here. So uh, I that excited me. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch more of this. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but there's a scene at the end that also connects heavily to a certain character in The Rise of Skywalker that I really like. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. Okay. But when you bring up the movie, just real quick, I do think people should watch the movie, not necessarily so that they'll understand the show better, but just for Mad Mardigan. Oh, yeah. Val Kilmer is so good in that movie, and the music is great. Okay, like, yeah, that's... Watch it just for him. Mad Mardigan is amazing. Uh, that's... I've said this before that I don't have as huge of a connection with Willow as I do Star Wars, Indiana Jones, other Lucasfilm things. But I do remember vividly after watching Willow going outside with a broom and like flipping it around because Mad Mardigan does all these crazy flips with his sword. And I would just go out and try to do them because Mad Mardigan was the coolest. Uh, That's my biggest gripe. (laughs) If you're going to bring it up and hum it, especially willow's theme song is amazing it's such an earworm it gets stuck in my head all the time and they barely used it in the series and that just makes me sad because i i wanted them to build to like a big moment to use that song well i mean they made it they made that specific song about kind of mad martigan in Mm -hmm. the series which i liked anytime like Allagash was talking about him the you could hear the Mm -hmm song in the background and a couple times i think when sorsha was talking you heard it but i do wish they used it a little more they used it in the trailers and it's like a new version of it and i was like yeah and it just never i that version never happened in the series so maybe maybe in season two maybe there's i think there'll be more seasons they set it up for they literally show you like three books on a shelf And so, like, this is going to be part one. Maybe we'll see part two and three. I'm hopeful, but part of me also was like, okay, John Kasdan. Like, he said that Solo was written with a trilogy in mind. And I'm Mm. like, you're just doing it again. Like, (laughs) I think that... Don't break our hearts. Yeah. (laughs) Go check out Chase's YouTube channel, At That Gay Jedi. Uh, They talk about Willow and Star Wars, and they are also on Pink Milk. We're going to be together with some other people on Casterly Talk, which is another YouTube channel, uh, talking all about Willow, doing a big recap video live stream tonight, which will already have been out by today when you're watching this. <laughs> can way I get to, it? Way to make that Can not I get confusing. it any more complicated? <laughs> yeah, go check out Chase, That Gay Jedi. Go check out Casterly Talk, the big Willow finale. I'll put up. links in the description. On to YouTube questions, ShamSham12 asks if we've seen any of these samurai or Western films that inspired Star Wars. Not a ton, honestly. It's a it's a blind a blind spot that I have that I feel like I should fill in. I have seen The Hidden Fortress and I have seen The Searchers. So there are two that heavily influenced Star Wars, but I know there are way more. Yeah, I have not. I don't i don't feel guilty about it i don't feel like a bad fan but i do feel like at some point i should check it out it's it's really interesting just to see 
And both times that I watched one, it was specifically because uh, I was going to do videos covering uh, those films and their influence on Star Wars. So I, I think it's worth doing. But I'm, yeah, I don't think anyone's a bad fan for not have seeing anything by Kurosawa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As far as the Westerns go, like I grew up, my dad would watch Westerns all the time. And they weren't really like the fun kind. They were just kind of... For me, for like a little girl, I was like so bored out of my mind when he would have those on. So. You probably have seen The Searchers. <laughs> probably. I mean, yeah, it was probably on at some point. I would not call that the fun kind of Western. Like, <laughs> it's it's pretty uh, down. Yeah. But I do want to see some of the samurai films that Star Wars is heavily influenced it's, by. I've wanted to watch more Kurosawa for a long time it's like it's always staring at me and for my to-do list and one day <laughs> yeah matthew kelly wants to know if rampart lied to crosshair about cody defecting is he actually dead i think that cody is genuinely a wall he's still alive we'll see him in the future we've been getting this question quite a bit but it's still got a lot of upvotes yeah i i don't see rampart having any reason to lie about this to anyone especially crosshair i think he would in fact, boast about it and use Cody as an example to the others of like, don't don't think about it. Exactly. Look like, what happened to this guy. Yeah, he'd be like, CC2224 tried to escape, and so we executed him for being a traitor. Like, unless he were trying to be sneaky and see how Crosshair reacted to like hearing that Cody went AWOL, but he just didn't act like it. The mm. way that he was like, who's Cody? And then Crosshair tells them, and he's just like, oh, pff, yeah, he's gone. Like, there just wasn't anything that felt deceptive about it to me. Yeah, and I feel like the more clones that defect like that, the easier his job becomes because they have to figure out what to do with all the clone, the decommissioned clones. Also, an off-screen death for Cody would not sit well with me, no. especially after that fantastic episode. Mal7 asks if we'll ever see another continuity reset in Star Wars. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> that would literally kill me. <laughs> I, would ex I would expire. We have legends and double legends and canon. Yeah. I can't take it. I don't think we have to worry about that. I won't be surprised to like if... A long time from now, because I mean, comic continuities, they have to restart here or there. Mm. It's happened before. There's precedent, just not so much within Star Wars. I think we're a long ways off from that still. Um, it, it's not like DC, <laughs> the yeah. DCEU, which is like, okay, we're just going to start over and try again. I don't think Star Wars is at that point. <laughs> yeah, if there's a continuity reset or a a multiverse that happens i hope it's i hope we're super old and retired by then because i don't think i would have it in me to cover that <laughs> like we're only almost 10 years into uh th this new continuity the new canon mm. and the old one was like i can do math almost 40 years old mm -hmm. granted a lot of it happened in the last 20 but still i i think that the way that they're working around working about it now they don't need to do a reset also star wars isn't like the mcu or the dceu where it's like one continuous story moving forward you can jump anywhere so instead of having to like 
reset the whole universe. I think they'll just be like, hey, let's go 4,000 years in the past for a while and hang out. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I, I was going to say, I saw this little Lego hairpiece and I thought it was a turd. <laughs> did you think Pippin did that? Yeah. <laughs> just smell it, it's fine. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching and may the Force be with you. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.